Yep. All right, well, let's, uh, let's get started with a prayer, and we'll get into class. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you give us, and we thank you for the, the freedom and the opportunity to uh, later on today, Lord. Something that we use to learn to bring others to you and to, to strengthen ourselves and grow ourselves as well to mature in, in a way that helps us bring non-Christians and, and, and people out in the world to you, Lord. I just ask you to be with us as we go through this class, and it's in Christ and we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're in week two of hypocrisy. And for you, uh, for those of you who were not here last week, just to kind of recap, we... we looked at two different areas of, of, of what we see in, in the church today, and, and there's two kind of what we would call defining areas around hypocrisy, and th that's one, there's those who are what we would call false disciples, um, false, the, the, the Bible talked about them as uh, false teachers, and it's people in the church who claim to be Christians who even though they all, uh, you know, do some things, they still act in ways that are very unchristian-like. And to this week, what we're going to look at is the fact that the church is, is actually a place that's full of sinners and full of un, uh, imperfect people who <laughs> sin and have problems. So sometimes to the outside world, that can seem very hypocritical. And even in the church itself, um, it can seem very hypocritical as well. So we're going to look at those uh, those items today. Uh, but I just wanted to, to review and go over this. And, and again, a lot of this seems very harsh. I'll, I'll say harsh when, when I'm talking about it, but th there's a reason for it. Of all the things that we've gone through in this series, the last three, four, five months that we've been going over this, I think of all the items, you know, like I said before, I can discuss and debate evolution. I can discuss and I can debate you know, why Jesus is who he is, why Christianity is, is the, you know, is the correct religion. I, I, can, I can debate and I can I have facts around all those things. The one thing that I cannot argue against or I have a hard time arguing against or, you know, when I present the gospel to someone and it's like, well, if so-and-so can live this way, then, you know, then, then, why do I even need to become a Christian? I can't fight against the acts of Christian themselves sometimes. And so I, say, I put it this way, is when it comes to reasons why people don't join the church, sometimes we are the best example of why people don't want to join the church. Now, not all of us. Now, there's some, you know, and, and I don't want it to be a blanket statement, <clears throat> but sometimes the negativity, we know this. I mean, you watch it in the news, you watch anything the negativity or the negative things we do are going to outweigh the positive 10 to 1. So, you know, we could do, and what I mean by that is we could do 10 wonderful, perfect things, but it's that one imperfect thing or that one time that we mess up, that's going to be the thing that everyone's going to focus on. So that's where we have to be careful. And so I'm going to talk about that a lot today in, in the church of how we, we, we can be seen and, and I've done a lot of study in this, because this, to me, and there's some reasons around this, to me this is a very 
important and, and, and personal subject to myself. But growing up in the church, being a preacher's kid, I got to see a lot of things, and I've gotten to hear a lot of things that have been said to me that I guess probably have skewed my reality, or my, I may be a little bit biased in some of this area because of that. And so when, when I say a lot of the things that I say, I want you to understand where they're coming from. And also, we've been in several different churches or part of other churches, and so I've gotten a broad view of <coughs> what I've seen across you know, uh, different churches uh, you know, and throughout the Church of Christ. And so this isn't necessarily talking about this church here, but it's, it's talking about Christianity as a whole and a lot of the things that I, I've seen coming up through Christianity, and maybe some of you have as well. But I, I think it's one of those areas where I always think inner reflection, taking that look in the mirror is always a very good thing because when we do that, you know, we, we can sit down and admit that, hey, we're not perfect. There's always room for improvement. And I think we always need to be looking for those areas where we can improve and get better and do a better job of spreading the, the gospel. So <clears throat> getting into the second topic that, or the second types of the two areas of hypocrisy we see in the church, one, like I said last week, is the fact that, yes, the Bible talks about the fact that there are going to be false prophets, false disciples, false teachers, false Christians in the church. It talks about that, and it talks about how, you know, in the end, he's going to prune them out and get rid of them. But, you know, they're going to be there, and so we're going to have to be on the lookout for that and make sure that we're, we're careful around those, and we address that when it happens. But the second thing is, the church is a place for sinners. It would be kind of like, and I always use the example, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, it would be like going to a hospital and being mad that there's sick people there. You know, I mean, the, the church is a hospital for sinners. We, we say that all the time. And so that's one of the things that we have to realize. But also, this is a hard thing for non-Christians to understand. They look at us, and, and there's a two-edged sword here. One, the first one, is they, they have this belief that, you know, the Christians are supposed to, you know, follow all the rules. They're supposed to have it all together. They're supposed to be the, the perfect ones, right? No, I mean, we know that that's not right. But there's a reason, I think, and this is where the, the, the double-edged side of this comes from. I think sometimes we are the reason that they think that we should be like that. And what I mean by that is sometimes we put on that, that, that persona, that, that, the error of, I'm a Christian, and, and I'm perfect, and, you know, and I can't believe you're doing these things. You know, not all of us, again, but you know, we, we, I see a lot of that in Christianity a lot of times. And so what needs to happen is we need to outweigh that, that, that kind of view and that kind of picture that, that people get about Christianity. Because, because there is a lot of, <clears throat> we were kind of talking about this in the morning, there's a lot of intimidation sometimes when people you know, from the outside, especially someone, you know, and we, we talked about this earlier, uh, in the year, there's a lot of people out there now who have never stepped foot in a church. Their only experience stepping foot in a church is maybe a wedding or a funeral. And so they really don't understand. So there's a lot of intimidation. And so there's a lot of that, well, I'm not good enough to be a Christian. I'm not, you know, look at that. They have it all together. And so sometimes I, I think that we, I'm trying to word how to word this, because I don't want to make it seem like, well, we need to show everyone that we're sinning. 
right? But we, we need to, to make it a show and appear that have that appearance of, yeah, we're not perfect. And, I, and we read a thing for, um, for Kinsley uh, last night in, in uh, Gainesville, and there was a church there that was, uh, had a tent set up, and one of their shirts says, <clears throat> um, one of the ladies was wearing a shirt, and it says, no one's perfect, everyone's welcome. And I just, I saw that and I loved it. Because it's, it's, you know, you're out in the public, you're, you're, you're talking to people who have no interaction with the church, and you, you see something like that, and it's, it, and it's, a, it's an openness. You, you, you immediately know, hey, this person is open to me no matter my situation of coming to church. <clears throat> and so I thought that was a, um, a very good thing. So, but we, we know that this is not the case. And, and like I said, I think sometimes not only is there confusion from the outside world, the unchristian world of what Christianity is supposed to be like and what Christians are supposed to be like, but I think we get confused here as well. And, and, I, and I'm going to dive into this a little bit and, and give an explanation as, as to why. And again, this isn't, like I said last week, this is not only is this me stepping on Chad's toes, you know, as I maybe step on some of y'all's, and that's my, not my intention here, but my intention is to, to, for us to take that, that inner look and really look in the mirror and, and look at each other. So when I, when I say this is where we get confused here as well, I think sometimes, and I, I will say this before I, before I go into this, it's not necessarily the case here because I, this is a very open, loving church. It's a friendly church, and I think if you ask anyone, in, in the area, that you, they'll tell you that this is one of the friendliest churches in the area, um, and and so when I, when I talk about this thing, I, I don't want to think, well, man, Chad just is all over this church. I, I don't. I think we've uh, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for growth. But I, I think we're pretty good at this. But this is one of the things that I think in the church itself, and I'm not talking about just the Church of Christ. I'm talking about churches in general need to work on. And that is that the church is not a country club for the perfect. Because I think sometimes, and I know churches that you can walk into, they'll be nice, they'll be friendly, but you want, if you want to go beyond, especially if you have a checkered past and, and you don't have a certain type of, how do I put it, clout, I guess, maybe, in the community, or a certain amount of money, then you're, you're welcome to be there, but your involvement really isn't encouraged. And, and I know examples of that. I'm not going to talk about them. But I know examples. I know there's people here today, in the church today here, that have experienced that firsthand from other churches, where they've been in basically told that they couldn't do things and couldn't be involved, which is crazy to me. No, I'm, I'm not going to go into the details. But it, go ahead. Playing a revival here, and we had a choice of two different people, one a well-known speaker and the other one a very good speaker but unknown. Probably if they both came, the one with the well-known speaker would draw the more interesting crowd than the one who might have a better message than the well-known person. And I think you got to look at the person and not their persona. 
Yeah. Now, from a, from a, I'm not talking about speaking type stuff. Okay. How you would view yeah. that person when you when you when they come to into the congregation. Yeah. You know, one of them's well known, one of them is not, but the most might, might be very equal in the message or the abilities that they have. Yeah. And and I think there's something to what you're saying there. I mean, if you're trying to get people in the building, I under, I would understand. But my, what I'm talking about is is the treatment of people who are coming into the building not to do anything, but just to be in the building or or, or be a part of the church. Th- that those are the type of things that I'm talking about. And so, how we we treat those people, that's where we need to. I think sometimes, and again, I, I, not, not that, I don't say necessarily this, this church, but, but Christianity as a whole, and it's something I, I think we need to stay focused on and that we need to always have in the back of our mind because no matter what we do, we have to realize we are always being watched and judged by the outside world and, and by Christians themselves. You go, you know, Christians as well, because they're looking for that, that time that you mess up. They're looking for anything that they can use against you. And so I, I say this because I, I, I sometimes think that, I don't want to get into the details too much here, but, but I, I think we all know there are areas, there are churches that have a higher thought of themselves, let me put it that way, I guess. You know, and, and so we, we've got to make sure that we don't get there. We've got to make sure that we stay humble, that no matter who walks through those doors, we, we treat them with the same kind of love that Jesus himself would treat them. Whether, whether they are a multimillionaire or whether it's a homeless guy living on the street walking in. And I always, I always I, one of the things I always try to do is, more than anything, obviously, you know, you pay attention to Scripture and what Jesus said, but one of the things that I love to do more than anything is I love to watch what Jesus actually did and his actions. And, and those are some of the things. And if you watch, if you watch his actions, you read all through the, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at who the, the people he was the kindest to, the people he showed the most love to, and the people he was easiest on, who was it? The, mo- the most needy, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, repeat that for me. The murderers, the murderers, the prostitutes, the thieves, the, the people who sometimes we are harder on. And who was he hardest on? The religious leaders. The religious leaders of the time. And so I think we need to, to remember that because I think there was a reason. And I'm not putting us at the same level as the Pharisees. Don't, don't get me wrong there. But sometimes I think we can get, a, get, a, can get the, the attitude of a Pharisees, the Pharisees. That, that slips in on us sometimes. And, you know, we'll see things. You know, and it's normal conversation. I do it all the time. You know, you see something happen or you see someone doing something, it's like, I can't believe that person's doing that. Or, or you're, you're, you know, you'll say this. But then at the same time, you know, you have some other sin going on in your life that's just as bad, right? Sin is sin. And so that, those are the type of things that I think, you know, we need to, to really focus on. And, and it's that second point there is the, the, 
the church is a place, is a hospital. It is a hospital. And we need to make sure that we treat the people who walk through that door as not well patients, patients who are just here for a checkup. You know, that's kind of us, right? We're, we're, I, I'll say that. If we're looking at it in a hospital, the, the people who are here for the checkup are the ones who have been coming a long time. We're, we're spiritually healthy, you know, we, but we need to be here because we, we're constantly, we constantly need to be improved on. You know, it's like, you know, there's a reason why we go to and have regular doctor's appointment. There's a reason why we go to the doctor on a regular basis because we need to have that, you know, so that we don't miss something. If you stop going to the doctor for a long time, what can happen? Anything, right? You can miss that, you know, that, that small thing that may, you may just think, oh, it's no big deal. And it ends up being a, you know, before you know it, it's a stage four cancer, right? But if you had been going to the hospital, getting those regular checkups, you know, that regular blood work drawn, they may have, you know, sometimes they miss it, but they may have caught that sooner and you have a whole lot better chance. And it's the same thing with us. So I would say that the Christians who attend church regularly should be, let me put it this way, not always, but should be the, the spiritually healthy ones. All right, and so whenever other people who walk in the door who have the flu, or something worse, walk in, we shouldn't be shocked and, and, and displeased at the fact that there's a sick person walking into the hospital. We should be like, okay, there's a sick person walking in the hospital. We need to help get this person feeling better. And, and that's the kind of attitude and, and the kind of, that's what I want us to be able to change. And the reason, I, the reason I'm adamant, adamant about this, because in the past, and again, this is not me here my, my perspective here, this is me growing up. There was a lot of things that, growing up in the church, I saw from a lot of people in leadership where it was more of a, well, there's a sick person in here. You shouldn't be even, you, one, if you're going to be in here, then you need to make it look like you're not sick, right? You need to make it, you, you need to have the appearance that you're well. And that, that goes along the lines of things of how they're dressed, how they're all this other stuff. And so it was... I saw a lot of that. And so I want to make sure that we don't continue in that or we don't, we don't accidentally fall into that because that's not, that's not what Jesus would want and that's not how you're going to grow a church or you're going to get people into a church is by, by those type of things. So I'm going to read the first 10 verses of Ephesians 2 because I think Ephesians 2 speaks to this a lot. So if you want to, if you want to follow, you can follow along here. If you want to follow, it's going to be Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 10. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience, and this is the New Living Translation because I like the way that it, it words this. Uh, I usually use the New American Standard, but I, I really like the way it, it words this one because I think it hits a little harder uh, on it. But verse 1 says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So all of us at one time in here, we were dead. We, I mean, we came in the hospital, we were dead. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers, in the unseen world, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So at one time, we were all followers of the devil. Whether we want to say we were or not, if you weren't a Christian, you're, you're all, your starting point, every single one of us in here, our starting point was hell. That's where we were going, every single one of us. All of you used to live that way, key word there being used, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, by our very nature we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. So everyone in here who's become a Christian at one point was no better than the person living in the world. 
But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when we raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are all God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So to recap this, these ten verses, you were lost, you were on your way to hell. You were no better than anyone else out in the world. You heard the gospel. You were saved. And now you're on your way to heaven. Go for it. Baptist Church. Uh, these, uh, I mean, the King James Version says, For by grace you are saved through faith. Not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man speaks to, uh, to boast. They're saying that works is baptism. baptism yeah, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not here to talk about what the Baptists down the road are doing. I'm here, yeah, but I'm, I'm here to talk, but it says the same thing, is, is we cannot boast, and and I'm not talking about baptism being a work because baptism is not a work. Baptism is something we're commanded to do. And so even in that fact, baptism itself, us physically going into that water ourselves, that's not what saves us. Right? God saves us. His grace saves us. We do that because he tells us to in, in part of that. And so my, my point here is every single one of us we're out here in the world, we're on our way to hell, and because of whatever situation, someone being in our lives, someone presenting the gospel to us, someone, whatever, I mean, some of you know, my, my grandmother, she heard a radio thing, and that, that brought her to Christ. So there's all these different mediums, <clears throat> but my, my thought, my, my point here is, in, in, some, in every stage of our lives, Every single one of us was no better than someone out in the world. And just because we've been a Christian for 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, or one year, does not make us better than anyone else out in the world. It means that we've taken the opportunity that's been presented to us to become a Christian and to do the right things. And I think we need to remember that. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yet I, I find myself doing it. Yep. You know, so, so we're all hypocrites, and to deny that we're, that the church is full of hypocrites is wrong. Right. Because we all deal with hypocrisy. Yeah. Ourselves. 
Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, that's kind of the point that I, that I want to make. Even though the, the only difference between us and the people in the world is that we, we, our sins have been washed away because we've, we've followed what Christ has acted. You know, it's, still, it's still not our, we, it's not us saving ourselves, but God's presented this to us and we've taken action on it. Exactly. And I talked about that last week. Just because people have done that, too, doesn't mean that, you know, that, you know, that doesn't sum everything up. Because the Bible talks about the fact that there are going to be people who have done all these things. They, I, I, talk, I call them the, the box checkers, right? The list checkers. They've done all the things that, that, that we say to do, but they haven't really developed that true relationship with Christ. And it shows by their fruits. We talked about the fruits of the Spirit. And so, and this is where, this is kind of what you're talking about as well. We need to realize that everyone is at a different place in their lives in becoming more Christ-like. There's some of us in here who have been members of the church maybe 50 years. And I, my hope is, and, and, and from what I've seen it is, you're going to be more spiritually mature, or you should be, than the person who just walked in the door and just got baptized a week ago. So just because someone attends church doesn't mean he or she is a mature follower of Christ as well. And that's why I said, because I've seen people... <laughs> who have been in the church for 50 years and they still have the spiritual maturity of someone who's just baptized. But I've also seen people who were baptized a year ago and they have the spiritual maturity of someone who's been in the church 30, 30 you would think, been in the church for a long time. And so this is the, the things that we need to look at. So... Instead of judging someone on the basis of what we immediately see, we need to ask a deeper question. Where is a person at this moment spiritually or morally? Instead of asking that, sorry, I lost my train of thought, we need to be asking from where did this person start? You know, for my example, I was born and raised in the church. So I had a pretty good starting point. A very good starting point, all right? Not a lot of people get that opportunity. A lot of people, their starting point is being raised by an alcoholic, drug addict mother and a non-present father. And so when 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 we work with these people and we're out in the world, when someone who was raised that way walks in the church, we've got to realize their starting point is a whole lot different than the preacher's kids who was raised in the church or you know, the, the son or daughter of someone who has attended church all their life or someone who maybe used to be in that situation but has been in the church now for 10 or 15 years. And this is where we have to realize that because... If we're going to truly open those front doors to the world, then we're going to truly be a hospital for sick people. And so we're going to have to realize that there's, there's going to be people coming in who are on the verge of death. And we're going to have to learn how to handle and see those people differently than a lot of times what we've kind of closed the church off to so much. Because I can tell you, and I, I know this because you can watch, 
if someone who's really, really, really deep in the world walks in, it makes us very uncomfortable. Because, and I, and I, this is the only way I can say it, because we really haven't had a lot of that in the church. And, and that is what it is. You know, but we need to do something about that. We can we could focus on it and say, oh, well, we need, we need to be making sure that the, those sick people are in here. And you can ask anyone who works in the medical field who works with really, really, really sick people, working with really, really, really sick people is a dirty job. Mm-hmm. or your mind plays tricks on you is this going to be something's going to happen to our church or yeah. you know so that's in your head as well it, it's hard because I'm I, I'm guilty of that we there was a several months back we had some a gentleman walk in tattoos on his neck I mean you know and, and he sat on the back pew and I'm like man I hope he did, you know and so you you got that you got those bad thoughts of what's this person going to do and and I, I'm it is because of the way we're jaded because of the way the world is, you know? I mean, when, when you have people walking into churches and shooting a bunch of people, it's hard not to, to, it's hard to clear that stuff out of the back of your mind and have just that, okay, this is a non-Christian who needs Christ, you know? So, yes, but, but I'm also not saying let's get rid of all, you know, common sense, and and just you know, hey, we want you to come teach the nursery. You know, you know, there's there's off there's obviously a good balance, but the the you know, there's the, that cautious but optim or, you know optimistic but cautious that I don't know how to you know to to word that exactly, but but yeah, so we we need to learn how to get better at that and be more comfortable. But the only way the only way you get comfortable with something is what by doing it, and so. <laughs> the only way that we're really going to make progress on the whole situation is to first see it for what it is. Okay, so we know that the devil is going to do every single thing in his power to destroy God's church. Yep, he, he's done it from day one. He'll continue to do it until he is in the depths. The devil is good at spreading the lie that everybody in the church is a hypocrite because they are supposed to be perfect. Yep. Now, granted, we we do our share of helping with that, <laughs> but we need to we need to understand that he is good at spreading that lie even to those in the world that he is afraid he's going to lose because mm -hmm. we're going to proselyte them and convert them to Christ. It's like, no, I can't do that. You don't want to be there. They're full of hypocrites. They're all evil. They're worse than you are. Yep. So once we understand that that is a reality and that is what Satan is doing, then we can begin to understand how, you know, how this these folks think and how, how they can think yep. that we are uh, all the worst hypocrites possible <laughs> in the world. Yep. So um, that's where I think a lot of stuff lays. 
the devil is working <coughs> yep. and the only way that we're going to uh, truly defeat this is like the uh, the demons that the, the apostles tried to throw out and they couldn't do it Jesus said this only goes away with prayer and fasting yep. and we're going to have to do a lot of that fervent praying in order to make those go away and then and so Ken that's fine that's fine this this is ultimately where I was going what Ken just said and, and that is is yes so the devil's excellent at making you know and like you said we are you know we, we give us some cre uh, credence to that sometimes but here's the thing here's how we get it like I said we get over this by 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 being part of it. if you want to get comfortable with something you got to do it over and over again but the, the this is where then we get the God involved what Ken said <coughs> is this is where you start praying for those opportunities to have those opportunities to get uncomfortable and to get better at it. You know, pray for those, those opportunities to, to be around someone who may not necessarily always... You know, and Because this is one of the things, and I, I saw your finger, I'll get to you. Um, this is one of the things where if all of our friends and all the people that we associate with, anyone that we have to do anything to do with are only Christians... You're not going to have a lot of opportunities to work with and bring non-Christians to Christ. So sometimes we have to get out there and, and like the, the, the Bible verse talking about, you're going to have to get into the highways and the byways and the ditches and the, and the dirty places. And I'm not talking about going to the bar and hanging out at the bar. And, but you're going to have to be in those situations sometimes that we're not, that we're not comfortable with. Go ahead. I think there's some truth to that. I mean, the Holy Spirit, you know, and that's one of the things we don't talk a lot about sometimes, is the, the guidance and, and the, the pushing of the Holy Spirit itself. And, I, you know, there's times where I'll see someone, and I'll, I'll get the, the, it'll just pop into my head. It's like, I really need to go talk to that person about Christ. I don't always do it. You know, and I, to me, that, that's the, the, the spiritual, the, the Holy Spirit kind of, nudging you along a little bit hey you know what you're supposed to be doing here but I, but I do think there is some you know I think when we work with people you know it's not going to be I, I don't want anyone to live in this fantasy land of hey we're going to go and talk to the guy who's having a real hard time on the street and I'm going to talk to him one time and he's going to be converted right we know that there's going to be times when people are more vulnerable more open to that kind of stuff and there's going to be times we're not and I think like you said I think there's going to be some spiritual discernment there where the Holy Spirit will guide us in, in that kind of stuff I was going to say, I was going to disagree with you. It is going to change the church. But it will, make it, it will be for a better change. Right? Because, not in a negative way. Yeah. But there's, yeah. But that, that's our, our greatest fear. Is change, that's our fear, right? Change is always negative. Sometimes. And we're afraid of change. We're afraid of things that aren't like they've always been. Me, I'm not that way. I love change. 
And, and, so, and so, you know, and that's why I work in IT. That's why I'm in technology, because it's always changing. It's always new. But there's a lot of us who, we, we don't like change. We want things to be the way they've always been because we're comfortable. You know, it, it feels nice. It's like, I know I can walk through the door, and it's going to be to pretty much be the same way it's always been, and it, that's nice and comfortable for me, you know. But then when we, when we really start doing what Jesus wants us to do, we open the doors up, and there's all these people coming in, and we're growing, and it's, well, it's not like it used to be when there was 50 of us, and some of us leave because of that because we like the smaller church. But, but you know, it's going to change, you know. I, there's, right, yes, yeah, yeah. As long as we're not compromising the Word of God and accepting things that we should not be accepting, yeah. And that's going to be, because there's no way a church of 50 could be the same as a church of 500. There, there's just no way. Because, you know, but there's nothing wrong with, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a church of faith. There's nothing wrong with being, but the thing is, is you can't expect it to be the same. You have to accept the fact that if we're going to grow, it's going to change, and it's going to feel different. It's going to look different. I mean, I remember when we, were, when we moved from the building over there to the building here, you know, we thought it was just going to be just all this excitement and all this, and we, we get in, and it's, it is, it's nice, but it's, it's different, and it, and it took a little while to adjust to, you know, and it's going to be the same thing when we build the buildings over here, and, you know, that it, it, you have to adjust and get used to that change, but the only way you're going to do that is, is by experiencing it and actually going through it, and so that's kind of my, my thing, and I have one last statement, and I, and I always think God works things out in an in a, in a interesting way. I was listening to some stuff today, and I, and I heard, a, or not today, this week, and I heard a quote um, that, that came from a guy, and, and he talks about, he was talking about these, these types of things, and he grew up rough. He grew up in a, in a rough neighborhood. He grew up um, very poor, uh, without a father, and those things, and, and he's in the church now, but, and, and, but he, he said this, and, and it stuck with me. We cannot expect something out of someone that was never put in them, and that just, that hit me and, I, and I, the, the, when I heard that, I was like, man, that, that's just, it's simple. It's very simple, you know. It's almost like us cooking something, not putting the ingredients in it and expecting it to come out as a perfect cake. And so I think we have to, to focus and realize on this. You know, someone comes in the door and they do things in the church like, you know, we get upset because they're, you know, they're not doing things like we've always done them or they're not doing this, you know, or they're not acting or people in the world don't act a certain way. You know, we cannot expect people to act certain ways or be certain things if that was never put in them. And so until we put that in them to help them become what they should be, we shouldn't expect that out of them. And so I, I just, I, I saw that and it, and it hit me. And so, again, to recap all this, it's not a, I, I don't want every, I know it seems kind of harsh, and maybe it is, maybe it needs to be. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of speaking from the heart and where I'm, I'm being guided on this one, to be honest with you. And because I think we, that a lot of this stuff, you know, again, a lot of it's not our fault. A lot of the hypocrisy side of it's not our fault. But a lot of it is our fault. And so the only way we're going to do like what, what Ken just talked about is get past that is to pray about it and then to show people that we're not that way. You know, if people are out there messing up, you know, let's not judge them. Let's not call them out. You know, I'm not talking about someone in the church who's sinning willfully, and, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about those type of things. I'm talking about 
if people are out there messing up, instead of going to them and say, hey, you know better, you know, I'll give you an example. And this is one of my pet peeves ones, and, and it just is. When someone misses a lot of church, right, what do we usually immediately do? Write them off or we're like, you need to be in church, you know better, you should be in church. Right? And so we, we, we've got to learn that, that, that graceful truth and love mix that God had, that Christ had. We've got to learn how to do that. We've got to learn to go to them and say, hey, you really need to be in church. You know, we miss you. We, we love you. We, you know, this is why. Those, those type of things. But sometimes it's, you know, I hear the conversations. It's, well, so-and-so hadn't been in church in three weeks. And it's, you know, it's off. Yeah, and that's a good one. That's a good point, Frankie. That's a very good point. We, we do, and this, this goes across not only church, but this goes across cultures. This goes across a lot of different things. Is a lot of times we do have predetermined prejudices around things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that is the truth. I mean, we can speak honestly to that. If if we brought, you know, say a group from Southside come down here, say 50, 60, their worship style is a whole lot different than ours, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> but, you know, but it is, you know, so those are things that, you know, as we, we bring, you know, if, if we're going to be a, a true, diverse and this, and, and I, I don't have time to get into that. That's one of the things, too, is we should reflect our community. Right? We should reflect what's out there. And, and that, that can become a struggle for a lot of us. And, and so, because we do, we have a lot of predetermined, and, and like Frankie said, prejudices and things like that. Because of, you know, we, we all have our individual bubbles that we were raised in. We all have those, those individual things that we were raised in. And so... You, we all have that filter, that lens that we see things through. And sometimes we've got to drop that. It's hard. We've, and I, and I, I've done it. I've, I've done some, I've, me and Jeffrey have had some long conversations on the phone about it. It's hard sometimes to drop those, those, those things that, you, uh, that you've experienced in your life and that, that you've, the, the predeterminations that you made about things because they're not part of your culture. They're not part of what you, you've brought in. And so that can be a, that can be a racial thing. That can be a cultural thing, that can, and that can be a Christian, non-Christian thing. You know, as Christians, we're raised in certain things, and we're, we're raised to do certain things and be a certain way, and there's people who are completely raised, completely, totally opposite of what we are. And so when we see that, our first thought is, is well, how could you do that? You know, how could you be that way? Or how, and and our, when our first thought is, should be why? You know, why, why are they like that? Why have, have they, you know, why, you know, get to the why so you learn the what. And then you know how to reach them and, and, and reach those people. Because if you, if you go straight to the, the what, I say, on that, it's like, what are you doing, you know, not, you know, uh, uh, then that doesn't work. And so I, I, there's a lot of growth potential here, I think, for, for myself. And, and the more I the study, the more I learn, the more I, I look at other other type of cultures and other type of upbringings and, and it's just it's amazing what you can open your eyes to and see 
and, and, and it, it gives you the, a world of opportunities to reach people. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. But we're going to have to learn to get very uncomfortable in order to reach people for the world. Because I, I can, I'll, I'll say this and I'll finish. I can guarantee you that it was not very comfortable for God to go from being God to being a human being. I, I cannot imagine the uncomfortable <laughs> level that, that's there. All right, and so I, we've got to learn to be uncomfortable in the fact of working with and, and being around non-Christians. So I will stop there. Thank you.